quiet. I I think I hear something out there. I think it's some bears growling. But we know what happens. The bears get a little excited and the bulls coming in by the depth. We'll see what the PC data at 8.30 has to say about that. Inflation, hot or not. Mega earnings to cover, to cover some real good ones, some real bad ones. Mark Chaikin, 8.10, to give us his analysis of the market. It's a Thursday. We're fired up here on Pre-Market Prep. Welcome to Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. This is a volatile puppy here. It's all about execution styles and strategies. All right, good morning, traders and investors. The bear is doing some work overnight. We did have a nice rally, but now we're down 14 handles at 5067, bearing down on some major support. Buck flat, 103.90. Bonds down a half a point. We'll know they'll be moving at 118 and 9.30 seconds. Crude up just about 21 cents, 78.75. Gold and silver, both in the red modestly. Bitcoin continues in relentless march towards the future's old-time closing or old-time high. We're up $2,400. It's 63270 Triple D on, on, on days like yesterday and today in the pre-market and the after-hours action, I get a little worried about you because we had a we had a big sell-off from the print, the closing print, right? CMM numbers. And then, you know, we just start to drift ourselves all the way back higher. Went green on the session. And now we're back into reds. So I just thinking about your hedges and everything when you shut down at 8 o'clock. Did you get did you get everything right? Did you have to have the you right? You try head? to do as best as you can. I and to those who are just listening new to the show, when I day trade and overnight trade, I trade market neutral. So what that means is I'm not speculating on market direction. I'm trying to extract alpha from market inefficiency. So if I've got a million dollars worth of stock, I'll be short a million dollars, maybe a spy against it, something like that. So, you know, that that's, you know, but more normally, you know, I've got some longs and some shorts, and sometimes I don't even need to get into the ETFs because they balance themselves out too. But, you know, Joel's just asking, you know, if you're seeing the stocks really move, sometimes they move really quick, sometimes you don't get your hedges on. But when you see the stocks pop back and they're chopping, those are the easiest nights to get the hedges on. The nights that I really get beat is when we're just getting slammed you know, like hammered. And then, you know, you're trying to like get some positions on and trying to get hedged up. Um, that That's a little trickier to get your hedges on. But these kind of nights, fairly easy to get hedged up. All right, good morning to you, Aaron. Aaron Bree uh, coming in again here today. Aaron, how you doing? You're looking ready to go here. We got some work to do. Mark Jacob coming on at 810. And um, I guess CRM really didn't move off its report. Yeah, so let's go to we'll go to Salesforce first. Uh, it moved initially off the report and took a pretty big dip, and then came yeah. back. Uh, let me go ahead and get those numbers up. Uh, EPS came in at nine bucks and sixty-eight cents versus the nine buck and fifty-seven cents estimate. Uh, looks like uh, let me get those sales numbers too here in Benzinga Pro. Revenue came in at thirty-seven point seven billion. Uh, or sorry, this is the uh, fiscal year twenty twenty-five for their guidance came in slightly lower than expectations that's why you saw the stock uh you know come off right on the report the street was looking for around 38.6 billion instead salesforce said on the high end of guidance for 2025 they're going to see 38 billion so even on the high end of their guidance it was below what the street was looking for uh you know i guess matthew mcconaughey couldn't couldn't bring in some more revenue for this company this is uh, your classic buying good companies on dips. Like, Joel, this is just what we're seeing happen. It got the initial hit. Maybe, you know, it had run too far, a little bit overexcited. We wash out those initial high freaks because they seem to just hit on the numbers and don't use their, well, they don't have any brains, so they're just all bots. But sometimes, you know, we're just in this market where buy the dip is working. And here is another example yet again, CRM dip. But basically, it was down there for a bet, kind of hung on the 285, 287 area. We never really saw those initial lows like the 280. We bounced right off that. And then we just went consolidation station 
But then, you know, Benioff's on the call and he's yeah, talking. Just yeah, yeah, and yeah. then Kramer has Benioff on the show and they're talking. And they're like, of course, they're going to say it's a good quarter. You know, CEO doesn't – Benioff is not the CEO to come out and say, look, we really dropped the ball here and we don't like our numbers. Benioff always is positive. So you know he's going to be positive on the show. And Kramer is always positive about Benioff. It's like his best friend, <laughs> I feel like, because he's on there all the time. So it's predictable that they're going to talk about it. And to be honest, it was like 288 and the call was going on. But also, also, and they didn't initiate a dividend. So there was some news there too. But Kramer tweeted out as well. He's like, I love the numbers, you know, and I don't know if we can right find here. that tweet. <laughs> if, yeah. But but he tweeted out right around 288. I love the numbers, you know, like he tweeted and he was excited to have Benioff on the show. And the stock cool. just started popping before that. And then by the time he was on the show, it was all, all the way back to even. So big, you know, TV personalities like Jim Cramer can move stocks when they're still looking for direction. And especially when there's that buy the dip mentality in there. They just, you know, a lot of these investors just want like green light go. And Jim Cramer basically gave him green light go. And that's why it bounced back. And then, you know, it came up and then, you know, obviously hung up there for a little bit and then started to leak after the interview came back down. But, you know, just keep that in mind, you know, love him or hate him. Jim Cramer, he moves stocks. I saw I saw the initial dip and I'm like, well, isn't Benioff coming on? I mean, exactly what you just said. I mean, I don't see how you could be hitting that stock that low. I mean, not necessarily buying it, but, you know, Benioff was coming on. Well, that's all history now. Forget all that crazy price action. What focus with the focus your traders should be is really this like two ninety five and a half area. The reason I say that is the last three daily lows. That's where they've been. Forget about going under 280. This thing absolutely needs to hold 295 and a half. If not, you got some more downside. Right now, it's unched. So there'll be a battle of, uh, you know, unchanged here. They bought the dip. Let's see if they can get it over uh, yesterday's high, which is pretty darn close at 3.0088 for CRM. So it was cloud night here, Aaron. Uh, did you want to? Yeah. Did you want to talk about Serum? Well, no, I was no. Gonna I was say, gonna... I'm going to bring it to Snowflake. Because... Yeah, I, gonna... I got the numbers for yeah. Snowflake right here, and and so yeah. you know that was you had CRM, which was okay. Again, the guidance was a little light, but the numbers were good. You saw you know traders yeah. coming in buy the stock back up. Snowflake, slightly different story. Uh, so Snowflake reported EPS. Of 35 cents, which beat the 18 cent estimate. Sales also beat 770, uh, 774 million versus 760 million dollar estimate. Um, but again, I guess the guidance was just not what the what the street was looking for because this thing sold off hard, down 20 percent, oh. and you didn't see the buyers come in and really bring this thing back up after the dip like you did in CRM. Yeah. Um, the question <laughs> is, do they come in today? So CRM bounce bot, does Snowflake stay down? Does it stay down for does it pull a Palo Alto, like stay down for a couple of days and then Nancy buys calls and you know blast off central there? I, I'm not gonna sell Snowflake down in the hole because I would be going against everything we've seen during this earnings season. I would be inclined to buy the dip, but you know, I it's it's never been it, the valuation has always scared the hell out of me on this thing. So if I do buy the dip, it's probably gonna be for a trade. Um, from valuation Whew. perspective, the quarter was fine, but I think we're still trading. I just go to my trusty Benzinga Pro, grab me that Ford PE. Ford PE on Snowflake is trading up there at 208. That's oh. probably maybe not adjusted 35, 70 cents. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, it's not a cheap stock. 28 we'll price much. to sales. Yeah, that's pretty expensive. And the company also did announce a new CEO yesterday. Uh, uh, Shradir Ramaswamy, a, a different Ramaswamy than the one that was running for president. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, there's a lot to digest here. And uh, the reason I'm putting uh, these arrows in here is because this is where we're trading. I mean, this is it. We're trading on 175, 177. I will say, you know, the selling has decreased a little bit, you know, and now the buyers and the sellers are squaring off a little bit. Uh, the pre-market low, 172.37. Uh, you're getting filling into these gaps area. I mean, I'd be more of a buyer between 170 and 75 than a seller. But uh, we'll see. Once these things getting in one direction, it's hard to stop. Longer term, you're, you're crashing through half of the moves. So if you want to be a FIB guy, 
and you know, and go 0.618, you can figure that in, but I don't figure that. But uh, let's see if it holds the pre market low, look for a little bounce in uh, snowflake. I think that's the key. What is that pre market low here again, Joel? It's lower, it is 172s. I thought I saw 172.37. There you go. Yep, there you go. I, so you're I in here, like you're 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 hanging out in here. I, I'm not. I, if you're buying the dip, I'm not going to argue with you because it's been working. So TJ, does it work on day one? I'm not sure. TJ's looking for us to analyze uh, Octa. We will talk about that after uh, we speak to Mark Chaikin, who's hanging out with us backstage right now. Eight ten. Going to bring him on a few minutes early today. So let's go ahead sure. and see what Mark has been watching. I have been watching a bull market broaden out, and it, it's a sight to behold. That is the truth. That is the truth. Breadth is widening. You're seeing that, Mark? Yeah, 90% of the stocks in the S&P as of about four weeks ago were above their 50-day average. That's about as good as it gets. And I, I, what you guys are talking about, I think, is the tell. You know, sometimes there's a tell. And the tell is the market's not going down, even though these individual stocks are getting beaten up after lowering guidance this is a setup this is a wonderful setup for the balance of the year they're lowering expectations and the market keeps maintaining its its current level and that is very bullish i mean we talk about we talked about this with t3 on tuesday the iwm is starting to show separation from that tlt where it has been like linked with the tlt and tlt goes down the iwm goes down well in the last month the TLT has been fairly weak, but the IWM says isn't having any of it, and it's sitting up here near its yearly highs. So to your point here, Mark, this rally is broadening out. You're starting to see small caps participate. The XBI has been monstrous here. Not Maybe that's M&A action that's you know thriving the speculation there, but it's just been breaking out here too. So how do you play it? Do you just start buying these other stocks for the catch-up trade? Does the tech is that still the trade? Where do you go, Mark? You go to small cap value stocks, because uh, remember in the IWM, I don't know something like a third to forty percent don't have any earnings. A lot of them are biotech, so that that makes a, a bit of sense. But um, th- there's a lot of people doing incredible research that they publish on the internet, and the one that I saw that was amazing is. The uh, mid-cap, the S&P mid-cap index was up seven weeks in a row. And when that happens, believe it or not, there is incredible outperformance. I think it's MDY. I'm not sure. There's incredible performance going forward in small caps. It's just, it's it's an amazing correlation. And we're talking about moves that average more than 20% over the course of a year. So... You've got a very, very solid um, underpinning. And if and when rates come down, obviously that's a tailwind for small caps yet again. But small caps are doing really well. And you want to look at small cap value stocks that have solid financials so that uh, they can participate without the uh, the headwind of higher interest rates hurting them. Uh Mark, we had Todd Gordon on a few weeks ago from Inside Edge Capital, and he basically said, why do you? Why do we need to see small cap stocks perform well? A lot of these companies don't have great balance sheets. That's why they're smaller than a lot of the large companies. Do you think we need to see, you know, the IWM start performing better to have a sustained rally? Or do you, you know, think kind of like Todd that, hey, as long as the big names are doing well, then we don't even need to see the IWM do well to have a, have a bull market? I think it's a nice to have. And, uh, you know, a lot of people own these companies and they've been stuck in them for years, but uh, you don't need it. It's just a sign of a healthy market. And that if if you're focusing on large caps and and we obviously like a lot of names in tech and outside of tech, that's just another uh, reinforcing uh, data point that, you know, this rally has legs. You know, we're... We're still maintaining our election year target of 5,600 to 5,800 on the S&P. I'm probably light, but let's be conservative and say 5,800 by year end with with the bulk of that in the last seven months of the year. So after uh, after May. 
What do you think the next major like catalyst will be for either a leg up or leg down? I mean, do you think we have to wait till the next earnings season? It seems like the market has kind of held up despite maybe a slightly softer earnings season than what some people were looking for. Well, I think if you got a, an amazingly and unexpectedly um, dovish number at 830, the market could melt up to 5200 very easily more likely going to come in as expected a little bit on the high side. Um, I think the April earnings season is going to be a catalyst. And as we see, you know, AI sort of flow through, productivity gains should pick up, profit margins should increase. Um, it, it's really a, a wonderful scenario. And there are still plenty of doubting Thomases out there. So it's not as if everybody is thrown in the towel and gotten long. What derails the bull thesis? Like what comes in, you know, and squashes and lets the bears actually have a day? Well, a day, maybe anything could do that. Oh, wow. You know, so, oh, you, it, going down well, the market. I, it's an election year, Dennis, and it's really tough to derail a bull market in an election year. Um, 16 out of the last 18 presidential elections, the market's been up from the end of uh, May through the end of December, an average of 11%, 10%. So uh, it would have to be an exogenous event. And obviously, if we knew what it was, then people would start hedging. So it's going to have to be something that came out of the blue and that could come out of the Middle East. It could come out of uh, some revelation in Washington. Who knows? But I think this is a time not to be looking for the why nots. It's time to be looking for why, why and where. And that's well, why I like the fact that it's broadening out. Sorry, Joel. No, that's okay. We're on the line with Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics. He joins our show every other Thursday to share his fundamental and technical analysis of the markets. Uh, Mark, a lot of this rally has been predicated on actions by the Fed. I know we had a decent earnings season overall, but a lot of the actions are predicated on these cuts that were first supposed to come in March, and then they're supposed to come in May, and maybe they'll not come in June. Has the market got ahead of itself a little bit with the where, I mean, I want stable, I think stable rates are the best thing for the economy. Yep. You know, not going up a lot, not going down a lot. You know, give, is the market gotten a little bit ahead of itself at this point? Well, certain segments of the market got ahead of themselves and that was all based on um a little the, uh rock and roll there uh, uh so i don't know the machines kicked in and you know oh uh, that's just my ringtone sorry about that um i think the market let's turn the question around why hasn't the market dropped if expectations were for five to seven cuts which they some some you know people who are smoking legal weed were were believing that <laughs> Um, and now it's three and, you know, not likely till July at the earliest. The market's held up remarkably well. And as we pointed out, broadened out to small and mid caps. So uh, I, I think, you know, there's an old Sherlock Holmes story. The dog didn't bark, you know, and they determined that the killer was someone the dog knew. Well, if the market didn't go down when the rate expectations uh, turned out to be uh, unrealistic at best, that's the sign of a very strong market. You can't, you can't look at this market with anything but admiration. All right, Mark, we'd, we'd like to go back and forth with, you know, with our S&P levels and stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm with you. I mean, from a, from a daily, uh, you know, a weekly, even a monthly perspective, I mean, all indications, you know, point up, um, but for me, the, like the weeklies are shaking a little bit. And I, and, I, and I got a number. I know you have your numbers. I have my numbers. And I'm, I'm looking at pretty close to the, the low of the pre-market session. Those were the lows of the last three or four days. I don't know what this PCE is going uh, uh, gonna to bring us today. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm playing it close to the belt here. Uh, and I know you like to give a little bit lower number. You know, you're a little bit more generous. But... Uh, basis, uh, the March futures here, I'm looking at super important to this 50-60 area. How about you? No, it's 5,000. That's where the rising 21-day average is. Okay. We, we've only traded below it one day since November, and the market bottomed out uh, in December. But 
I think you got to look at it in the overall sense. It's an election year. Someone said to me, you know, I'm buying puts because I think we could get a five to eight percent decline. And I said, not in, election, not in an election year. You're not going to get an eight percent decline in an election year unless the Fed raised rates, which you know they're not going to do. So you're looking for three to five percent declines. And so far, we haven't had a three percent decline since the November bottom. So uh, will we get one? Probably. Uh, five hundred. A 5,000 on the S&P 500 on the spider is the first support level um, looking at maybe 50 points down. So 3% from 1,500, uh, 5,000 is 150 points. And that is sort of, I think, the unit of decline you should look for. Anything beyond that becomes a screaming uh, by the dip opportunity, in my view, and not just in tech. I mean, look at the construction stocks, fix the air conditioning stock, uh, EME, and I got blindsided there. We told people to take profits, nice profits. And then the earnings report came out and the stock exploded 50%. These are amazing moves in stocks. Are they are they getting ahead of it? Like, is this what it is? The people you know are just coming in and broadening out because people are starting to get away, ahead of the potential interest rate cut trade? I think because it's a lot of stocks. I've noticed it too. Like a lot of stocks that were broadening out are interest rate sensitive stocks. Like even a little bit of life in the solar stocks the last few days. Although first solar maybe put a little damper in there, but it feels like that they're almost like okay, well interest rate cuts are coming regardless. We don't care if it's May or June. We're going to start buying stocks now. It kind of feels like that mentality is starting here. It, it could be. Uh, I think you're also looking at stocks that are getting ahead of uh, where we're going to be in six months in terms of the consumer. I mean, look at Walmart and Target making new six-month highs, Walmart yeah. 52-week high. It's, I, I don't think you have to look too deep here to explain what's going on. Momentum is, is working. Uh, Mark, I mean, right now, obviously, a lot of the rally has been based on AI. Do you worry at all at some point that maybe, you know, the AI names are getting a little ahead of themselves, just in the sense that the things that we're going to see AI impact might still be kind of a couple years down the road? Oh, I think the uh, I think the impact is is right here and right now uh, in terms of productivity. there was an interesting article in IT World, which I don't think anybody reads anymore online, uh, but they talked about where the um, best implementation of AI is going to be. And it's things like customer service. You know, there's people are starting to implement this and have smarter uh, interactions with their, with their customers. That's why I think you have to look broader Define the companies that are going to benefit uh, right now in their business, providing AI tools to people who want them. Not the chips, not the um, machines, you know, that's all baked into the pie right now. But it's these, the consulting companies. I was with a couple last night and they were talking about Deloitte and Touche. And my wife, Sandy, said, oh, that's an accounting firm. No, they're not. They're a consulting firm and they own technology. And they bring this technology with them to IBM, to uh, Microsoft. It's it's an amazing revolution we're going through. I don't want to uh, be the apostle for um, for AI, but the AI is real. Uh, if you look beyond the hype, like a super micro, which is insane, even though it has a bullish power gauge and has for a year, it scares me. But there are plenty of uh, non-scary AI plays out there. Got it. So there might be uh, some particular names in the space that are getting a little ahead of themselves, but overall, the the AI trade has not gone too far too fast. Right. Well, uh, take a look at Gartner Group IT or ACN, which is uh, essentially the old consulting arm of Arthur Anderson. These stocks look to me like they've gotten ahead of themselves, but there's still room on the upside. It's just you got to buy them better. IT is, IT is just off the charts if you look at the dailies. Well, Mark, I know we got to let you go a few minutes early today. It's 825 now. Anything you want to leave us with? Uh, it's an election year. We're going to end higher. 
and don't fight the tape. Beautiful. All right, Mark Chaikin from Chaikin Analytics. Vote. God damn it, vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark Chaikin from Chaikin Analytics. Thanks for hopping on. Thank we'll catch you up in, in a couple weeks. Uh, looking forward to it. All righty. Let's get back to some earnings. I saw some people in the chat talking about Okta. Uh, let me go ahead and pull those numbers up. Ticker oh, cool. OKTA, and everything was A-OK. Stock trading up more than yeah. 20%. Let me go ahead and get those numbers while we get the chart pulled up. Uh, EPS, oh, wow. Uh, EPS came in at 63 cents, beat by 12 cents, which is like, that's a pretty big beat on the EPS. Uh, revenue of 605 million, beat by 17 million. Uh, offered some guidance that was strong. The, the market liked it, and it's trading up this morning. Still 20%, no signs of slowing down. Amazing. Last quarter, they got hammered, and the stock went from 87 down to like 65, and then hung out there for like a month until eventually they buy the dip, and then it ran it all the way back up, and now we're right up here again. So everybody's forgotten the crappy quarter that they had three months ago, and they love this quarter. It's also the fact that you got two cloud plays, Okta and Snow. And when Snow, one goes one way, it seems like one wants to go the other way They on these mid ones. It's just what they do. So I don't know if you can differentiate and say the Okta quarter was so much better than the Snowflake quarter. They both kind of report at the same time. Just sometimes they just go in opposite directions. Uh, you got a nice pop in this, and uh, you got it all the way up this morning to 113.28. That's nowhere near the daily chart. Uh, what do you have on the next monthly high to keep an eye on is uh, 110.94. So I would just call that, you know, if you're looking to perhaps take some profits today, you have a monthly high coinciding with the pre-market high. Dennis, we seem to be leaking into this. People PC. are nervous about this yeah. number. Yeah, they are. I think. I think you can see it in the TLT as well. The TLT is trading down here ahead of the number. Bond traders are smart, man. If this number's a little bit hot, yeah, it is. This market I, will I, get I, hit. So yeah. just be careful. I'm nervous about this market. Oh, I yeah. said it, tweeted yeah. it yesterday. I tweeted it the day before. Um, not that I've sold out my long-term portfolio or anything like that, but I'm not aggressive on the trading side here right now. More cautious leaning towards the short side a little bit on the trading mm -hmm. side here. It's a seasonally weak time for the market, but seasonality I've never played a lot into. I just think we've come a long ways. And when, like we said yesterday, when you start seeing the dash for trash, when you start seeing, you know, Bitcoin, well, not that Bitcoin is trash, but, you know, going straight up. But when you start seeing like the smaller caps, like Beyond Meat blasting off and, which you know, it gave before it that Carvana, which they're giving it back now, which was a little bit of the bubble bursting yesterday. It makes me nervous that excessive speculation is coming back into this market. And when it does that, typically it resolves for a few days of the downside to shake out those weaker hands. So I think we could have that 3 to 5% correction, even Ryan Dietrich. You know, even though he's long-term bullish, thought this is a seasonally weak time. So I think if you're coming in here and going all in on stocks now, I think you're late to the party. I think I'd wait for a better opportunity here. I think the TLT is still a tell for me as well. So I'm just being cautious with the buys here right now. PCE coming out here. We're going to get a lot of information in the next minute here. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's going to be green light go. Maybe they're just going to say, who cares? Just buy stocks because they only go higher. But I kind of think that the bond traders are nervous here. And if this number is a little bit hot, you can see a little bit of a whoosh today. Yeah, um, I think I think so too. Uh, just real quickly, this pre-market low, and I'll let you give the preview here. That's uh, a big level. I, I know, you know, I say 50, 60. Mark says, you know, 5,000. I mean, there's 60 handles of real estate in there. So, you know, look, look both ways, but I agree with you. I'd rather sell a pop into this one. Going to be a little bit hard to sell into weakness. Go ahead, Aaron, take it away. All right, so we've got PCE coming in one minute. The expectation, the forecast is for three-tenths of a percent. That's against two-tenths of a percent last month, so it is expected uh, to increase slightly. So if it, you know, if it comes in line, then that's what the market's looking for. If it's a little hot, then uh, you know we could see things getting hit. Bitcoin, I want to be watching Bitcoin. Dennis brought it up, and we'll talk a little bit more about Bitcoin after these numbers. Um, I mean, is Bitcoin people, Joel, are still saying they're still, you know, the selling point for Bitcoin. They're still saying it's an inflation hedge. But every time we get hot inflation data, Bitcoin goes down. And every time we get cool inflation data, it goes up. So it's not I mean, I don't know how much of a hedge it really is. We'll see what it does on this number. OK, 830 now. 
Uh, let me go ahead and pull this up in Benzinga Pro, pro.benzinga.com if you want to try that out. Looks a little soft. I mean, they're or in line here. They're trying to rally the futures, and that's what we're doing. We're coming off that weekly support here. So the initial knee-jerk reaction has been to the upside. We do okay. have a rally. That that uh, that support being now. Uh, oh, oh, hold on. Go ahead. Give us a report. Well, still waiting for the PCE numbers to come in on here, but we got jobless claims, which came initial jobless claims came in at 215,000 versus 209,000 estimate, uh, 202,000 uh, the month prior. So those jobless claims are creeping, are creeping Ripping. higher, uh, you know, maybe showing some slowdown in the labor market. Maybe that gives the Fed a little bit more power to cut. Still waiting for these inflation numbers. No, they're not out yet. What are you kidding me? They got out, they're out. They're in line or light. At least that's what the algos are taking. We just ripped up near the pre-market high. I mean, come on. They still haven't put this out yet. Maybe we need to get a super uh super line in here. But to me, they're coming in in line or light. At least that's the way the market's reacting. Haven't reached the pre-market high yet. Got very close to unchanged on the session. So, man, the song remains the same. We are now green, going for the pre-market high at 85 and a quarter. What do you have for me? It looks like we came in in line uh, in the chat. Someone Shout out PK, PK in the chat. U.S. Core PCE price index year over year uh, came in at 2.8%, which was in line. The previous was 2.9%. So, Coming down slightly on that uh, on the PCE, good good for the market so far. What are we doing, Joel? We're ripping. We're oh, ripping. holy cow! Yeah, I mean, I, it took so long to get the numbers out. It was obvious by the price reaction here that it came in line or light. They're buying the dip here. You talk about support, weekly support. Uh, that that held the pre-market low. We just made a pre-market high by a couple ticks. We do have the regular session high from Tuesday and Wednesday up in this area. We'll see what the bulls can do, but impressive 20 handle run off that number so far. Yeah, and this comes, I mean, as we talked about, the market's been a little bit kind of weak the past couple days, not really going down a lot, but not ripping higher. So the bulls were, I mean, I guess looking for any anything to really come out and buy buy the market on, and this was it. This was, a, a, you know, inflation data, because that's been one of the worries over the past few months is that is inflation coming back? Are we going to see this start ticking higher? Which that's the biggest thing that will get in the Fed, in the way of the Fed's plans to eventually cut rates later this year. If inflation you know stays where it's at or continues dropping lower the fed really you know can cut a few times later this year but if it does if inflation is back up above three percent no way there's no way the fed can talk about cutting rates later this year especially when you don't have that the weakness in the economy that a lot of people were expecting but uh you know are we running out of steam here up top at joel uh, you know, we're right up. We, we made a new high for the pre-market high. You also had, like I said, the daily highs up there. So there's pretty good uh, resistance up there. But we know what this market does with resistance. I'm going to go back here to a shorter term chart. You can see um, in the overnight session that we hit this area. Right now, there's just a little bit of a pause, but we just had like a 20-handle rip. So we'll see. This is an important area for the bulls right here, me, right at the highs of the pre-market session. Can we get a Bitcoin chart up real quick? I want to talk some Bitcoin. Okay, go, go, go. You talk to your Bitcoin. What, what's Bitcoin doing? Uh, Bitcoin, bit kind of quiet. I really? mean, I'm looking here on the 15-minute chart. Yeah. Maybe it is an inflation hedge after all. But anyway, I mean, Bitcoin yesterday, I'm sure we have a lot of viewers that were trading it, watching it yesterday, got up to 64000 which is the all-time closing price on Bitcoin, which I don't even, I mean, Bitcoin doesn't ever really close, but I guess end of day, because uh, intraday Bitcoin had gotten up to 67000 at one point before, but 64000 was kind of one of those highs. Uh, and then you had a sell-off, and part of the sell-off, people are saying, is because Coinbase's app went down. I mean, on the influx of volume from Bitcoin ripping higher, Coinbase's whole app, you know, ran into these problems, then Bitcoin sold off down to 60000 I'm not convinced that you wouldn't have seen that sell-off even had Coinbase not gone down or whatever, just because you hit kind of ran into some resistance levels, maybe lost some steam. But then it held that 60,000 level, Bitcoin did, uh, and it's starting to and started to come back overnight and again this morning. So uh, if you're trading Bitcoin, I mean, those 64,000 and 67,000, those are the levels I'd be watching. And then on the downside, just 
you know, seeing if it can hold that 60,000. If it, if it dips below it, then I'd be a little bit worried. But as long as it stays above 60, then, then Bitcoin's been looking pretty good. Uh, yeah, did uh, did Kathy sell any yesterday? Because, um, you know, we she's been uh, she's been selling into strength here. I uh, just wonder if she saw any. We're, we're still ripping here. Uh, they love that number. We are now approaching the highs from Tuesday um, and Wednesday. Uh, 50.89 is your current high. We are just there right now. So this inline number, they're loving it here. We have got back all the losses from yesterday. Now making a run here at 5,100. So uh, your bonds had a little bit of a rally off this. Market wanted uh, a little bit of uh, of confirmation that uh, inflation was cooling or at least staying in line. That's what you got in the numbers. I see the personal income up uh, 1%. They were expecting 0.3%, but I guess they're not really caring about that. It's the consumer spending that was down 0.1 versus uh, 0.2. So the market wanted some inline or soft data. That's exactly what it got. So uh, the bulls prevail. We talked about the bears growling a little bit, but uh, probably right back in their hibernation as we speak right now. S&Ps are in the green uh, by eight and a half handles, just knocking on the highs from Tuesday and Wednesday. This is going to get, uh, you know, this is going to get everything kickstarted here because it's not a hot number. So it's going to get that talk of the interest rate cuts coming fiercely here now. You know, like we're going in May or we're going in June. Maybe we're not going in March, but it's not a hot number. This is going to, this is what the IWM really wants. You know, don't look at the spy here today. We're up 0.2%. You know, tech is not needing it nearly as much as the IWM. The IWM is absolutely ripping higher on this. It was red. It was trading down about 30 cents into the number. It just rallied $2.50. It's an absolute ripping rally here. And again, you know, it's just in line, but it's not hot. And the market just wants green light go on these stocks. It's been, you know, obviously, you know, they've been buying these stocks slow and steady here for the last few weeks. Well, this is just going to maybe break the IWM out. It's been in a range. Mm-hmm. 205.49 is the high of the move back in December. We look like we're going to test that here today. The question is, do we break out? But right now, this number is green light go for the bulls. Yeah, and the yep. number – oh, go ahead, Joel. No, go, 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 go. I was go, going to say go. the number coming in in line, like if you were looking for a super – light number thinking like okay this is the best case scenario a lot of times they want what's in line because if the inflation pc numbers are too light then that could be a sign of economic weakness if it's too hot that's a sign that inflation's coming back but it's kind of that goldilocks report of okay we're just right inflation's leveling out slowing down but not too much that it would indicate you know that we're that we're running in in the problems in the economy and, and again, you know, you just look here and you've got to take what information, you know, I thought I was kind of nervous going into the number, but the number's not hot. So now you got to be looking at buying dips here again. You know, I don't think, you know, people are saying, are you selling into this rally? You know, because I just said 15 minutes ago, I was nervous going into the number. Well, the number is here. So we have new information. So as a trader, you have to adjust for new information. Right now, we're not thinking about inflation. We're thinking we're past inflation. This is another data point that shows 2.8%. Well, we're getting dang close to that 2% number that the Fed's talking about here. So it's talking, you know, that's why we're seeing interest rate sensitive stocks really rip higher here. Now, again, you know, NVIDIA is ripping up 10 bucks. Those are not the stocks I would be chasing here today. I think you're looking and buying dips on the interest rate sensitive stuff, the broadening out that Mark was just talking about here. I think if you were coming in, you're buying NVIDIA now, you're actually late to the party. I'm still long NVIDIA. I still think there's a story here. I still think, you know, the AI trade's going to carry, but I'm not adding to my NVIDIA position up here. That's not the stock I'm buying on this number. I'm looking at all those laggards, all those interest rate sensitive stuff. Those are the ones that could actually get a lift on a number like this. So, and if it was cool, I couldn't even imagine the response here because this is just an in-line number here. I know. I mean, this isn't like, oh, my goodness, you know, like this is, you know, the, the, the inflation is dead. It was just in line and they buy them this much. If you're a bear, you've got to be very concerned when they rip them 30 points higher just on an inline number. It's just telling there's so many people who want to buy the stock market right now. Uh, and there was no, no, no reaction down at all, really. 
right? I mean, you thought maybe, you know, usually there's a little bit, but no, man, it just, it was straight green light go on that one, Dennis. Did you see uh, any particular stocks uh, moving, but the IWM? Well, everything ran. So, I mean, everything went. But what I'm going to say is give me separation here. So I'd say, you know, people are piling in, you know, again, you know, they're piling in the AI stocks, they're piling in all those. I'd say those aren't the ones I'm chasing here. You know, there could even be separation here where you could see some of the stocks, you know, like an SMCI just rip like 25 points on this. I would actually sell this rally in SMCI here. So that's one I wouldn't chase here because it was going on the AI. It's other stuff, you know, that's beat up like the interest rate sensitive stuff. That's the stuff I think at the end of the day, like for today, that's going to benefit a hell of a lot more from the interest rate trade. So the only tell, though, one concerning thing, if you're full bullish, is the TLT is just not really responding much. It's up a little bit from the lows. It was down 50 cents. It's coming up here. But, you know, we're in this market here now that they don't care about the TLT. They're just buying stocks because, you know what, this, this the bulls are in control and they're just hungry to own stocks. Well, you mentioned AI plays, Dennis, bringing it back to earnings world. We did have an AI stock report earnings after the close, and that's ticker AI. Uh, C3 AI uh, beat on EPS by 15 cents, reported an EPS at negative 13 cents, uh, and then revenue beat as well. The company also bumped guidance up on higher customer engagement stock trading up about, I don't know, what are we up now? 20%, 18%? Uh-huh. We are up 17 and a half percent at 34.89. I guess there was a little news about uh, some shareholder lawsuit. Well, they are do not care about that. The only thing I'm mentioning significance here is your initial pop was 35 and a half, and you came back up to that area close, but no cigars. So if you're looking for a target on the upside, keep an eye on that 35 and a half. That's way up here. Uh, near some highs that you had near 36 that was back in august yeah i mean if you were just if you just went out and bought this thing because it was called ai a few months ago then you know you you might be uh, up on that looking good but it hasn't done as well as your chip plays and other ai plays these are this is not like the uh, people just think ai i'm gonna go buy ai because ai stocks and a lot of these have had a pretty good run here this is the speculative ai stuff you know like the sound hounds there's a whole list i got a list right here of speculative ai ai is the number one speculative ai and again, these aren't core plays. These are speculative plays that have a story. You know, retail sometimes gets behind them a bit. There's Bullfrog AI, and then there's Guard Force AI, and then there's Soundhound AI. And it's not a coincidence, folks, that they put AI in the company names because they want their stocks higher. BBAI, Big Bear AI. So there's four of them right there that got the AI, or five of them that got the AI in the actual name. And then there's even CX AI, which people do. And I don't even know if that's an AI stock, but it sometimes moves with it too. Just got, got the AI in the ticker symbol and it was blasting off the other day. I mean, that's speculation. You know, there can be some serious money made in these things for a while, but I don't think these are long-term core investments to benefit from the AI movement. That's the speculative part. Uh, all right, we do have a few other earnings to go through. Let's go with one that came out this morning, and that's uh, Best Buy, ticker BBY. Uh, the, the big box retailer uh, reported EPS of 575 to 620 versus 613 estimates. Revenue came in at 41.3 billion, uh, or 41.3 to 42.6 billion. Or sorry, this is the guidance. Uh, Sorry, EPS for the last quarter came in at 272 versus 251. Revenue came in at 14.65 billion versus 14 and a half billion. Uh, so pretty decent numbers there. Looks like the guidance came in uh, a little bit light, but the market's saying that's okay. That's okay that the market or that the guidance came in a little bit light because the stock is trading up slightly this morning, not moving too much. Hmm. Boy. Retailers, I mean, this is still good for the economy, right? To see uh, to see the retailers getting a pop by uh, triple BY. Once again, we're off our pre-market high at 83.50. Uh, is your pre-market high? You're currently trading at 82.78, but you got a you got a strong market behind it here. So look look for some continuation. Not seeing much here up until you get over 84 dollars as far as daily resistance. 
Yeah, and I don't really know what the story is on Best Buy. I mean, I know they tried to, you know, move a lot of stuff online so that people can buy their electronics online, but I'm sure they're still losing market share to people buying TVs and laptops and stuff from places like Amazon instead of going to Best Buy. But still, I mean, it's one of the retailers that's still around and still, you know, seems like performing okay compared to a lot of other places that have, uh, you know, completely died off. We also had... Uh, Duolingo report after the close yesterday, ticker D-U-O-L. Uh, e- Duolingo's earnings were pretty strong. EPS came in at 26 cents, beat by 10 cents. Revenue came in at 151 million, beat by about two and a half million. Uh, let's see if they gave some, yeah, strong guidance too. That's why you're seeing the stock up 20%. Uh, and pretty close to, I mean, looks like we hit all-time highs maybe a few months ago, but uh, getting pretty close up there. I, I mean, let me know in the chat if you guys use Duolingo because I personally. What don't... does it do? Like I don't. Know it, it, it's a it's an app is. that helps you learn languages, so you can go on there uh, and they and they and they kind of gamify it, right? So they try to make it like fun to learn Spanish or whatever. And uh, you know, I I was just telling Joel before we went, I saw people using it over the weekend, um, and they were like playing a game in a league against their friends and competing to try to get the highest score. And I was like, oh my god, it seems like these people are pretty into it. Maybe that should be a sign that I, I should buy some Duolingo stock, but I didn't. And now I'm wishing I did. Wow. I, I'm not a fan of these language yeah. stocks. So no? I don't know. It, 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 it's sitting up here. You got major resistance up at 245. Let's just see what it does there. If you're coming in buying it up 50 bucks into major resistance, I think that's an issue. We are on bull day. Maybe they just buy everything. Maybe they blow through all the resistance. We've seen it before, but you are opening into major resistance. But look, okay, look at the look at the chat real quick talking about it. So Michael says he has an 866 day streak in French on Duolingo. That means even on Christmas and all these holidays, he's logging on there to use it. And that's what I think the app does well. Is it is it oh it, it like gamifies it and makes it to where it's like fun to do it and you feel you know you want to compete in these leagues against your friends and you want to keep your streak and all this stuff. So I don't know. I mean, it seems like people are the users. Uh, like it, I like I said, I don't use it, so I want to do some more due diligence on this. But it could be a play if people are uh, are really using it that much. Uh, you got to reset here, uh, Dennis. They took this up to two sixty oh six, is uh is where the algos took this to initially. Uh, but Dennis mentioned a really good area here. Uh, you're st- five six bucks away. Let's see what happens. The actual all time high, if you're looking for that target, is two forty five eighty seven. And then there's an intermediate high. Ooh, two of them right there. So let's call two forty five in the area. All time high there for Duolingo. Forty thousand shares have traded. What's the daily volume on this one? Uh, this trades decent volume. One point one point five million yesterday. SP's continuing to rip here, trying to bust into the 5100 handle, the uh, all time closing high, SP 510150. The real interesting thing, though, is the IWM. Here we go, folks. Not so once, ripping. not twice, not three, four, five, six times on the monthlies, uh, going back to early 2022. Is this finally the day where we get the close above that 205? and set our sights on much higher ground in the IWM. Um, I think we're going to challenge it here right now. I'm day trading yeah, right. and I'm in and out and all over the place on this and hedging it with other vehicles. I was buying some RSP because that's hardly going up here. I don't know why RSP wants to hold down. Maybe there's something in there that I'm missing, but that's equal weighted. That's not rallying. I don't know why. Um, I think it's going to rally. Um, yeah, so... I don't know. I think we're eventually, I think this is just, again, I just said it like 20 minutes ago. I think yep. this is green light go here for broadening out even further to Mark's point. So this number was not hot. This number is what the bulls wanted. This number is probably going to continue to lift us higher here. I think we're buying dips on everything right now. Not everything. Again, I wouldn't chase the tech trade here again. I think, that, I think at the end Rotation. of the day here, I, I hear, here's what I think at the end of the day. Right now, everything is green on my screen. I think you're going to start to see some separation here where some stocks are not green, you know, like think, you know, where we've been value versus growth for so long. Does is this day just mean everything dogs, cats live in harmony here again? Or do we see some separation when institutional money managers get to their desk in the next 40 minutes? Do we start to see like, well, you know, I want to maybe ring the register on some of my NVIDIA or something. And I'm talking against my book to a certain extent here because I have a lot of these tech stocks, but 
I think this number here is better for IWM than it is for QQQ. Uh, I was looking at the KRE this morning too off the number trading up about 2% right now. And that to me, that's a sign that if, if people are comfortable buying the regional banks that that they're interpreting this number as, okay, now these rate cuts are back on the table um, because that's been the biggest hurdle with these regional banks is that with the higher rates, I mean, you've seen some of the problems arise like we saw uh, obviously last year in Silicon Valley Bank and more recently in New York Bank Corp. Um, and they're, I mean, I think these regional banks really need that. And that's like the one thing keeping the KRE from going even lower is that it's still on the horizon, but having some confirmation that, okay, now we are in a position that we can start talking about cuts again, helps these. So, uh, I, I'm probably going to be watching KRE all day just in terms of, okay, if this thing starts running, that might be a sign for me that I can take a stab at some of these other small caps outside the banking space. Hmm. Nice move, though. Uh, nice rip in, uh, in KRE. Just been quiet just the last sensitive. couple of days. Yep. KRE is going to go the most. On a day like this in the IWM's ripping, KRE should actually be up more than the IWM. It's probably not up enough here if it's going to go because nothing needs lower rates more than these regional banks right. that have all these crappy mortgages on their books. So they need not, you know, I, NVIDIA doesn't need lower rates. NVIDIA is going to win no matter what. That's why people are piling in NVIDIA on this number. It doesn't make any sense to me. KRE needs lower rates hasn't had a lift at all it's not even participating with the iwm rally of the last few days it's gone nowhere here so maybe this is the life that you know that needs you know so it's good for those stocks uh, all right well we can get into some preview of earnings one that uh has been hot recently soundhound ai ticker s-o-u-n again uh linked with nvidia got a big bounce off that set to report earnings after the close today, let me go ahead and preview some of those numbers, what we're looking for. Um, but, I mean, this is one that should be a winner today, right? I mean, you're talking about these speculative AI plays, smaller stock. Uh, what's SoundHound doing pre-market? It's run and it's had its move already, though, folks. Like, we've ran on SoundHound from two to eight in seven trading days. So it can go up again, but it was a little bit of the speculative bubble coming out of it there. SoundHound reports tonight. So is this, you know, again, what do I talk about is owning stocks ahead of the reports and then selling them before they report because there's always risk once they report, you don't know. You know, there's a lot of speculative money in a stock like SoundHound here right now. So, and I don't think this is like SoundHound, this is going to be the next big one. SoundHound has had rip and roar and rallies before and then it sells back off. You know, maybe it's just going to go, maybe this is going to be the one that goes from six to 20. Some of them can do that. So I'm not shorting the stock into it. I'm just saying, these are stocks are like hot potatoes. And when the end, you don't want to get burned. This isn't like, you know, fundamentally backed rally here. It got mentioned with NVIDIA. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, from a legacy position here. And, you know, the memesters grab it, the social, and the algos grab it, and everybody grabs it. And it's first popping off. And, you know, went from four to eight, basically 24 hours. And then it popped a little bit, went down to six. I think you got major resistance up there coming here at 790. But, you know, with the earnings tonight, let's see. You know, it's hard to talk technicals on something that's going to report earnings. Wow. I mean, okay, so the street is expecting uh, estimated EPS of negative six cents, estimated revenue of 17.74 million. So it's estimating revenue for Q4 of less than 20 million, and the stock is trading at over a billion dollar market cap. That's a... Uh, that's a lot. I mean, and so I mean, even if even I feel like even if the company bumps guidance up or whatever, that the, those numbers don't really match up. That you're only seeing twenty million dollars revenue in a quarter, and yet the market cap is over a one and a half billion dollars. That's showing you how much the market really is expecting this thing to grow uh, with the AI, you know, story right now. But again, I mean, it might be just a little bit too much, too fast. Like you said, Dennis, we've already ran up into this report. How much of this is already priced in? How do I control the risk on something like this? So me as a trader, I'm always looking, okay, for opportunities and how I have defined risk. I mean, this thing could go down to 5 or $4 and it's still in breakout mode. So do I want to hold something 30% against me on the hopes that, you know, this, you know, is going to, this, you know, bubble or, or craze is going to continue? I, I think you just got to be cautious here, especially when you see a candle like before. But I don't know. I, I don't have a crystal ball. I, like I said, this thing could be back down at three. This thing could be back at 20. It's just not for me. And when it was at $2, I was trading it a little bit. It started to show some life, like wanting to break out. But the breakout has now happened. You know, we went from two to six very, very quickly. Stocks at 300% in 10 days.
So I can't control the risk anymore. And all about me, about me, when I'm trading, I look at risk first, then return. The majority of traders, and this is why so many people lose money, look at return and don't even consider risk. They're just like, oh, I got to get in that. It's going higher. They don't even consider it. That's the difference. That's the difference between a professional trader and somebody who's just trying to figure this out. Once you get to that level where you're looking at risk and assessing risk in a professional way, that's going to make you more consistent in your trading. So look at risk. I have no possible way to control risk in SoundHound. This thing is wild. It's going like, I watched it yesterday and I'm watching, it's fun to watch. And I'll trade other things off of it too, as indicators with SoundHound as a leader. Like I said, I was trading that BBAI off of it just because the SoundHound, SoundHound starts ripping and then BBAI goes too. But again, it's hard to control the risk on something that's moving so quickly. And what's it there, a short report on this too? Uh, I think that was that. Yet was that yesterday? Was it SoundHound? Yeah, was I don't it? Remember. I don't. Uh, let me uh, let me check it here. I thought that there. I saw something. I, I know there's been a couple that they've been coming out of the uh, the woodwork here. Maybe North. Uh, well, Northwood uh, Northland Capital downgraded SoundHound to Mark, but that wasn't it. No, maybe it wasn't. There was something else that there was. Uh, um, there was one short report on one of them. I don't remember which one it was either. I don't think it was SoundHound, though. Okay. We got I, I, it was Carisdale Capital, folks. The Carisdale Capital came out of the short on one of them. Oh, it was on Carvana. You're thinking okay. on Carvana. All right. It was on All Carvana. Right. And, it, and it ripped in their face. So if they thought that they were going to knock this thing down and make a killing on it, it ripped in their face. It went down a little bit and then just ripped higher. So you know th these you know short companies are interesting. I'll say that. Uh, we did have Budweiser or uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev report earnings as well. That came after we saw Sam Adams report. Uh, those numbers, uh, EPS came in at 82 cents, beat the 76 estimate. Sales came in slightly light, 14.47 billion, missed the 15.31 billion the market was looking for. Uh, there's, it, it sounds like the company said it's going to avert a labor strike, which is good because I know they were talking about striking at, uh, core at Molson cores and also, uh, over at Imbev. So, uh, I mean, that, that seems like bullish news anytime you can avoid a strike, but, uh, either way, stock trading slightly lower this morning, down about 2%. Not sure how much people are out there really trading this stock though in the first place. We had this conversation yesterday with Sam and, you know, and top and it's like this, again, the microbreweries are still eating the lunch. You know, you can say the woke thing and say all that stuff about Budweiser, but what really has hurt Budweiser and top and Sam Samuel Adams has been the microbreweries, just the competition intense here. The Budweiser chart looks to me like a head and shoulders. It looks like to me it's breaking that neckline. It looks like to me like it's ready to go down. Uh, just you got a great level in this if you are trading Budweiser. Look at all those lows, huh? For most of the year, it's held $62, right? And now you're breaking below that level. Old support, that's going to be new resistance. People will be looking out to wiggle out of that area. And then you're looking, I mean, I see kind of like your mini head and shoulders there, but what, I mean, where's the good support in here? I mean, if you're looking for just today, there were three lows at the $61 area. You traded there in the pre-market, but uh, be a, hang, I mean, really going back since the middle of November, you held not 90, uh, 62, now 62, that's going to be major resistance for you. Yeah, another uh, stock that I'm not sure how much people are trading, but we did get a huge pop in this stock over the last year based on not the AI story, but the weight loss story. That's Weight Watchers, or I guess it used to be called Weight Watchers. Now it's just WW, uh, reported after the close yesterday, and the stock is getting absolutely killed, down 27%. Oh, Oprah. man. Oprah. How can we not see this coming? I don't know. We saw it coming. Uh, we said on. it. Go back to our 2017 and 2018 stories when it was just ripping, ripping, ripping on Oprah. It just got, you know, uh, like she bought like 12 bucks, I think, or she was, you know, came on board to promote it at 12. Thing went to $105 in 2018. It's all the way back. She's off the. She, you were gonna say, and I believe she's off the board now. Yeah, is that what it yep. is. That was part of the. That was part of the. Uh, the she's earnings out. report she's is out. she's she's out. And I mean this. So the the Weight Watchers did announce last year after the. You know, you saw some of this movement in the drugs and stuff that they were gonna help people. Uh, you know, get 
get Ozempic and stuff. You can, you can go to a Weight Watchers and then get the drug through them somehow, and the stock popped off that. But I don't know why you would be buying that instead of just the companies making the drugs themselves or some of the other companies that might be in that process. But either way, I mean, this thing was trading at $13 at the end of last year. And in the span of a few months, this thing has gone from $13, $14 down to below three. So uh, clearly you're seeing the market saying, hey, this is not the weight, the weight loss play uh, that I'm sure Weight Watchers board would like to be. It yeah. does no good for them, all these weight loss drugs here either. So people are going to exercise, they're going to take their weight loss pills, and they're not doing the Weight Watchers program here. You know, they're going to eat, they're going to take the weight loss pills and kind of eat a little bit more maybe what they want. They're obviously, people got to be sensible here, but it's just it's the ratings on the wall. Stock goes from 100 to 3. I mean, there's better things to talk about. Uh, all right, Dennis, final thoughts here. Uh, IWM, Bond's getting a boost here. I mean, we've Green been Green light talking. go on yeah, everything we've been else. Talking. Big day, big day for the IWM. You want to talk here. about broadening out? Well, this market's showing you how to broaden out here. This is impressive broadening out here. I still don't know why the RSP isn't rallying. So, um, again, you know, I've just been buying RSP here all morning here. I'm going to, like, probably try to get out of this after the open. But I think once we open up, I think the RSP is going to end up being higher than SPY. Typically on these days, it's just a little arbitrage stuff for you here. RSP equal weighted. So it's got a lot of these, you know, sm more weights and some of these smaller names, which are probably going to benefit more from it. So I don't understand why RSP would trade below SPY today. That's my arbitrage here is basically like short SPY, long RSP. All right, Joel, who do we got coming on with us tomorrow? Uh, we're going to dial up Tim Quast. We haven't talked to him in a while. Tim's going to come on and uh, see what's going on on uh, market structure. Uh, in order to post a new all-time high for the S&Ps, we got to close above 510150 uh, And the high from Monday, less than uh, just about 10 handles away at uh, 5108. If you guys are looking for another target on the upside. Beautiful. Make sure to stay tuned. Come back tomorrow for uh, Tim Quas talk some market structure, see what he's watching. We do have live trading starting up right after this. This stream will redirect you there. You do not need to go anywhere. Please smash the like if you haven't already. And we'll see you all tomorrow, 8 a.m.